0: You're listening to a sermon from Church of Christ at Treaty. For more resources, check out cctreaty.org. This time, the festivities are nice, the food is nice, the gatherings are nice, but they are not what Christmas is about. Amen? It's not about fancy trees. It's not about lights and and light shows and awesome gifts and surprises um, while they're fun. The world around us has totally uh, capitalized and commercialized, and in a lot of ways, secularized Christmas. And as believers in Jesus, we need to get back to the basics of Christmas. Amen. And the passage I want to read, John chapter 3 verses 14 through 21 is a reminder of the love and the light and the life that comes only through Jesus that Christmas is all about. Listen to what the word says in John 3:14. Just as Moses Lifted up the snake in the wilderness. He's referencing a story back in the Old Testament. John says, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. Can I get an amen on that? Christmas is about three things, love, light, and life. The first thing, Christmas, the birth of Jesus, this story that we love this time of year, is Christmas is about love. It's about love. Who did God love? The the scripture that we just read reminds us that God loved the whole entire world. That Not just the globe, not just one country, not just one people, not just one culture. God did not love the culture that we've created. God loved the people. God loves sinners. God loves rebels. And God loves criminals. And Christmas sending Jesus is all about love. John says in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, John says, My dear children, speaking to all of us, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but for the sins of what? The whole world. Jesus didn't just die for you. Jesus didn't just die for me. Jesus died for every rebellious sinner. Everyone who criminally has broke the moral code of God who has been unrighteous, Jesus came for you out of love. There's no one who is too far gone, and Christmas should remind us that God bankrupt heaven and sent the perfect gift that we might find that love in the baby Jesus. How did He love us? The Word tells us that He loved us enough to uh, that He gave His Son. There is nothing on this earth, not even the the disappearance or or the elimination of COVID-19. There is no human being that's ever lived. There is no cause worth fighting for that I would give up my children for. I love each and every one of you. You guys are dear to me, but there is not one person that I would trade one of my children for. And if you have kids, you understand that. But Jesus gave his one and only son that we might have love this Christmas in Jesus. And we use that word love very loosely all the time. We say, I love you. I, I always say, I love sushi. Anybody with me? Crickets. You love sushi? Good. We'll go get sushi sometime. I say things like, I love a good movie, right? How many movie lovers? Any movie lovers? Right, we got those favorite Christmas movies, uh, whatever it is—Scrooge, Elf, Home Alone. You know, you got those staple movies. You're like, I love that movie. Uh, we say things like, I love music. Right, we have favorite bands, favorite artists, things that we love. But listen, that kind of love, when we throw that word around, that is not even close to encompassing the love that the Father God has for you and I. He doesn't love you like Ryan loves sushi. He doesn't love you like Ryan loves movies. He doesn't love you like I love music. He loves you with a love that we may never understand on this side of heaven. The Bible uses four different terms when referring to love. Um, I want to go through these. You can learn more about these on your own time. But God's love is not limited to these things, but this helps us understand the depth of his love. Paul says, How high and how wide and how deep is the love of God for his children, right? But there's this love that we call uh, Storhay love, I think is how you say it, um, but it's a parental love. The Bible oftentimes will refer to this love. It's the love of the father for the son. It's the prodigal son's story, right? He had this father paternal love for his son. I have this love for my children. The store kind of love. God the Father has this kind of love for his children. Then there's the uh, eros love, right? Which is where we get the word erotic in our world. Um, and it's a sensual love that we have for other people at times. And that's another type of love, but it's not the kind of love that God has for us. Then there's filio love, which is where we get the term Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love right? that's this word that the Bible uses at times to describe the love that we have for each other, brothers and sisters in Christ. I say I love you. I'm not talking about parental love, right? Um, We're not talking about eros in that situation. We're talking about filio, me saying I have a brotherly familial love for you. There's a love that I have, and that doesn't encompass God's love for us, but then there's this word tucked in the pages of God's word that we call agape, this is an intel, uh, intelligent goodwill love. Listen, it's not based on what we do. It's not based on how good we are. It's not based on our merit. This is God's love for us. It's the love that sent Jesus into the world to save you and I. It's agape. He doesn't love us just like a father. He doesn't love us just like a brother, even though the Bible refers to us as brothers of Jesus and heirs in the kingdom of God. Even though God is a father who has a paternal love for us, that does not encompass his love for us. God's love is this agape love that no matter how much good we do or how much bad we do, God couldn't possibly love you any less. And so this Christmas, be reminded that it's all about love. That God sent Jesus because he loves you. And some people just need to hear that today. That God loves you. Because you don't feel like anyone loves you. You don't feel like anybody cares about you. And some children have never heard their father tell them that they love him. And so today know that your heavenly father loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. Christmas is not just about love. Christmas is about light. God's people, the Word tells us, rejected Jesus. Why? Because He exposed the light. He exposed their hypocrisy and their sinfulness. And it says in John 3 that the people preferred darkness. They preferred darkness to light because the light exposed the sin in their lives. Light has seven functions. And each of these functions remind us about Jesus. I want to go through these real quickly, but one function of light is it dispels darkness, right? When you turn on the lights, all of a sudden there's no darkness. We can see clearly. And understand this, that Jesus turns on the light in our lives and reveals the darkness, that it doesn't exist anymore when Jesus dispels the darkness and reveals the truth about us. Um, Light warns people, Right, it's a it's a way that we use to warn people. If you get the yellow light while you're driving, it's a warning that it's about to turn red. If you see the siren lights on a uh, fire truck or a police car, you know that you need to get out of the way. It's a warning that something's coming. You have a light maybe on your phone that warns you that your battery's about to die. It starts to flicker. It's about to turn off. Light warns us. And listen, Jesus is the light of the world, and he warns us. How many of us? need a gentle warning from Jesus today, right? That, that he, he's coming back. That there is a light who dispels the darkness and the sin in our world, and we need to be warned. Uh, light guides us. That's another function of light. Uh, we, we use light to guide us and to light our path. Jesus does the same thing. He guides us and he directs us in the ways that we should live. Uh, light is comforting. It comforts us. Um, Jesus comforts us. One of the things I love about Christmas is when it's really dark and you light a couple candles and there's just enough light to feel safe. Like, that's a really cool feeling to me because it's like, man, there's darkness all around, um, but there's this one little light. It reminds me that I can still see enough. And that's sort of how Jesus is. That's our guide and our comfort. Um, One of the blessings of living right there is now that we've got the steeple lit back up, when I go out, I can sit in my kitchen window at night and it's pitch black, and I can see this light right above the church, and it just kind of reminds me. Sometimes I just look at it. I'm weird, I know, but I just like look at it, and I'm like, man, just, it's just enough light for me to keep moving, right? Just enough light for me to know that there is hope, that, that God is in control, and that he is sovereign, and while I don't understand all the darkness around me, Jesus is the light that comforts me. Light enhances our life, It makes our life better. Jesus is the giver of abundant life. He said, I come that you might have life and life overflowing. Uh, We use light to cut, right? We use light to cut through things and Jesus cuts through our stubbornness and he gets into our lives and he causes us to see our disobedience and our stubbornness and our pride and he breaks through it and shows us the ways of light. Light also activates power. We use light to power things. Jesus is our source of power through the Holy Spirit. He empowers us to live lives worthy of of God, the Father. John in 1 John 1 says this this is the message that we have heard from him, from Jesus, and we declare to you God, listen, church, God is light. In him, in Jesus, there is no darkness at all. He says in verse 6 if we claim, if we say that we have fellowship with him, with Jesus, and yet we walk in the darkness, we lie and we don't live out the truth. Like that's pretty bold and blunt. If you say that you believe and that you're living in fellowship with the light, but yet your life is full of darkness, you are lying. But if we walk in the light, as Jesus was walking in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And listen, the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all of our sin. We need to be reminded that Christmas is about love, the love of the Father, the agape love of God, and it's also about the light of Jesus, that we don't walk in darkness any longer. And finally, Christmas is about life. Jesus gives us physical life. Jesus gives us abundant life. As I mentioned, he said, I came that you would have life in abundance. And he also gives us eternal life in heaven with the Father. 1 John 5, he says, and this is the testimony God has given us. It's already been given. Eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son, whoever has Jesus, has life. But whoever does not have Jesus, who does not have the Son of God, does not have life. There's a difference, friends, between existing and being alive. There's a difference between just getting by and and living your best life. There's a difference between surviving and thriving. And Jesus didn't come that we would just fake it and fumble and stumble through this life. He came that we would have physical life, abundant life, and eternal life with the Father. That we're not just living in this godless country, in this godless culture, in this godless world, existing, hoping to make it through, wondering where life is. But instead, we're living in this world, but not of this world, for the King of kings, for Jesus who is our love and our light and our source of life. That is why we unabashedly and unashamedly say, if you truly find Jesus, you find what? Life. It's all through the thank you. Somebody gets it, right? If you don't have Jesus, you are not alive. And this is not popular, but this is the source of truth. And anything that disagrees with this is a lie. We live in a world full of darkness and a world full of lies. It's time to stand on the B-I-B-L-E and the truth of God and stop listening to every other voice of darkness. This is the truth. And in Christ, we have love and we have light and we have life. But outside of Jesus, there is nothing but darkness and destruction. Nothing. And so let's stop living with nightlights and let's stop living with these hopes, and these fractured wishes that maybe life will get better, and let's realize that victory's already been declared. We're already victorious. We've seen the love. He came. I was thinking about talking to Bill this morning about the, one of my favorites, uh, Christmas vacation, where he gets the jelly of the month club, and they're like, oh, that's the gift that keeps on giving, and I was like, well, Jesus gave the gift already. It doesn't keep giving. It already gave everything, There's nothing else that we need to get. We have all we need in Jesus, amen? So now it's time to live with our heads held high and the weary world, the tired Christians rejoice because we know that victory belongs to us. God sent Jesus because he loves us. He sent Jesus so we didn't have to walk in darkness anymore and he sent Jesus so that we could be alive. Come on, let's start living. Let's stop waiting on COVID to end, to live life. Let's start living right now full of joy and life and light because he's already come. And He's already one in church. We have the hope of the world. It's found in God's Word, in the person of Christ. Light has come. We are not waiting for Him to come again to bring life. We're waiting on Him to come again to take us home. And Advent is a reminder that Jesus came, but it's a reminder that He's coming again for His church. And you better be ready because you can say, I believe and walk in darkness. You can say, I believe in the light and not fellowship with the light and be living a lie. And so it's time that we remind ourselves this Christmas that Jesus came because he loved us and because he, despite what we've done, he doesn't love us as we are, he loves us despite who we are. Right? You've heard the phrase like, Jesus loves you the way you are. It's true, it is true. But he actually, deeper than that, loves you despite the way that you are. Like despite the fact that we're full of sin and we're full of jealousy and rage and pride, he loves us with a love that's greater than the love of a father and greater than the love of a brother and greater than erotic love. It's agape love. And God sent Jesus because he loves you that much. And he knew that we'd be walking in darkness So through the Holy Spirit, he gave us his word that's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But the the reason that this is a light to our path is because the, the beginning, the word became what? Flesh and dwelt among us. And God walked and he was the living word. He was the testimony of who God was. And he reminds us that light and love and life can be found in this man who came as a baby and died as a king and is coming back in victory. And so the greatest gift that any of us can give this Christmas is to give ourselves to the Lord Jesus. To fall down at our feet and declare that he's king. John reminds us in chapter 1, in Jesus was life and that life was the light of all mankind. In in chapter 6, he says, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He says in John 5, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life, and he will not be judged, but he's crossed over already from death to life. In John 3, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will never see life. God's wrath remains on them. Guys, it's not my words. Like I wish it wasn't the case, but the truth is you either have life in Christ or you have destruction in evil. And so my hope and my prayer this Christmas is you would understand that God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you, that it's about the light of Christ enlightening us and and shining the way and the hope of the world. And it's about life. It's about our life being found in Jesus and in no one else. Jesus came to give you that life. And so this Christmas, would you come to the light of the world and find love, and true, abundant life this Christmas in Jesus. I want to pray for us, and I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And I pray, I pray that this Christmas um, you find Christ in a really, really rich way. Uh, one of my favorite, maybe I've said this, I don't know, but one of my favorite things um, ever was the, the, the Christmas Eve that my father died, and my daughter wrote a note to Santa Claus and said, bring something really nice for my dad. He's having a really hard time. And listen, 2020 has been hell for a lot of people. And I don't use that word loosely. People who have to look through, at family members through glass, right? You can't hug your mom. You can't hug your dad. And, and I'm not asking Santa to bring you guys something really nice this year. I'm asking Jesus to bring you agape love, to bring you light, and to bring you life. That's what Jesus came for. And I hope that this Christmas, you experience the love and the light and the life that can only be found in Jesus.